Uh, how good's that? <laughs> very, very good. Well, let's pray. Father, I thank you that you're here with us tonight. And Lord, you stir our heart once again for the thing that stirs your heart so much, which is others. So Father, I pray right now you'd speak to me, you'd speak through me, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. You guys are the passionate ones, a cold and wet night. Woohoo! <laughs> um, for those of you who don't know me, my name's Alison and I did grow up in country New South Wales, mostly. Um, mostly very remote places um, and on farms. So when we lived um, at Mudgee, which is probably the closest we ever lived to any sort of civilization, um, Dad regularly had to treat sheep for foot rot. Foot rot is a bacterial infection of the hoof and it is treated by running them through like a shallow dip. It's like a, a concrete bath about this wide and about this deep. And we would, Dad would fill it with formaldehyde, um, which is a very powerful chemical. It's used to preserve dead bodies and it has quite a distinctive smell. When I came to Sydney to study nursing, I went to Cumberland College and our anatomy lessons were conducted on human cadavers. The first time I walked into the anatomy lab, I happened to say to my friend, just as the room went silent, it smells just like my dad in here. <laughs> There's really not an easy way to explain that statement when you're in a room that literally has tubs of dead people in it. Fragrance is powerful. Um, here's a few fun facts for you. More recent human studies of, uh, studies of human ability to detect, to detect scent has shown that people can detect an estimated one trillion distinct smells. Processing of scent occurs in the areas of the brain associated with emotion, learning, memory and of course taste. Your scent cells renew every 30 to 60 days and smell is the first sense associated with survival. We smell danger before we engage any other sensory organ. You can smell fear and disgust through sweat. Ew. Um, and how we perceive scent and the personal scent we each have is as unique as our fingerprint. Fragrance can evoke even forgotten memory and can identify a place, a person, a time, even a whole culture. There are fragrances I love, like fresh bread, the smell of the sheets that have been dried in the sun, and the perfume of a rose, this one here, which is called Jude the Obscure. When I smell these things, I think, oh, heaven's going to smell like this. If you walk through a shopping centre... You always know when you are near Lush and you always know where you're near the fish market. The aroma of bacon and coffee can take you to places you don't even want to go. And when you step into the streets of India, you know you are in India, not just because of the bustle and the crowds, but because of the smell of spice in the air. There's a fragrance to the whole nation. Not only is fragrance powerful in our natural world, but fragrance is powerful in the spiritual world. In 2 Corinthians chapter 2, verses 14 to 16, it says this, Yet I am so thankful to God, who always marches us to victory under the banner of the Anointed One, and through us he spreads the beautiful fragrance 
of his knowledge to every corner of the earth. In a turbulent world where people are either dying or being rescued, we are the sweet smell of the anointed to God our Father. To those who are dying, they smell the stench of death in us. And to those who are being rescued, we are the unmistakable scent of life. Who is worthy of this calling? Jesus leads us to victory and through us, he spreads the beautiful fragrance of his knowledge to every corner of the earth. There's not a king or a cause. There's not a king and an option of something more if we want it. There is a king and a cause. We are the fragrance of the king and we are to share the fragrance of the gospel. Whether we want it or not, we smell. We smell to God and we smell to those around us. Turn to somebody and just say to them, you smell. You know, there's no avoiding the fragrance of someone's life. Think about bad breath, body odour or distinctive perfume. But also, consider the fragrance of someone's life because of their words, their facial expression or actions. Just like perfume fills a room, even without direct interaction with a person, their life and the fragrance of their life can affect your life. Song of Solomon, chapter 1, verse 3 says, The aroma of your oils is fragrant and pleasing. Your name is perfume poured out. Even the name of Jesus has a beautiful fragrance. And we wear it daily. So what is the fragrance of Christ that comes from our lives before both God and others and how does this bring his beautiful knowledge the knowledge of Jesus to every corner of the earth I believe that there are seven powerful fragrances that come from our lives before God and others that reveal Christ and open the way for the gospel those seven fragrances are the fragrance of worship the fragrance of prayer the fragrance of humble obedience, the fragrance of courage, the fragrance of love, the fragrance of serving, and the fragrance of giving. In John chapter 12, verse 1 to 6, it says, Six days before the Passover feast, Jesus journeyed to the village of Bethany, to the home of Lazarus, who had recently been raised from the dead, where they hosted him for dinner. Mary was busy serving as the hostess. Lazarus reclined at the table with him. And Mary took a pound of fine ointment, pure nard, which is both rare and expensive, and anointed Jesus' feet with it. She then wiped them with her hair. As the pleasant fragrance of this extravagant ointment filled the entire house, Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, who was plotting to betray Jesus, began to speak. How could she pour out this vast amount of fine oil? Why didn't she sell it? It's worth nearly a year's wages. The money could have been given to the poor. This had nothing to do with Judas' desire to help the poor, 
The truth is, he served as the treasurer and he helped himself to the money from the common pot at every opportunity. Pure worship reveals the heart. In this instant, yes, Mary had an extraordinary perfume. However, it was the heart of her worship that revealed the spirit of Jesus. We go back to that scripture and it says, To those who are lost, we are the smell of death that brings death. But to those who are being saved, we are the smell of life that brings life. In this moment of worship, as that fragrance of honour that clearly proclaimed Jesus as king filled the room, that smell became death that brought death to Judas. Mary declared in her worship, her revelation of Jesus as Messiah, God, Lord, worthy of all that she had and all that she was. And instantly, this knowledge, this fragrance of worship revealed two kingdoms, one of light and one of utter darkness. The fragrance of Mary's worship would have lingered on the feet of Jesus as he rode into Jerusalem on the donkey the next day. There should be such a fragrance of worship from our lives that it generates an absolute dividing line between the kingdom of the world and the kingdom of heaven. When people encounter our worship, there should be an unmistakable power to it. That means that there has to be a response. I may not have pure nard to pour on the feet of Jesus, but it should be equally obvious to all around me that my worship proclaims him and him alone as King, Messiah, Lord, God and Saviour and worthy of all that I am and all that I have. My worship whether at home, in my workplace, or in this building, should leave every person with the beautiful fragrance of his knowledge. Our worship should reveal our God. The second one is the fragrance of prayer. Revelation chapter 8 verse 3 to 5 says, Then another angel, carrying a gold censer, came and stood at the altar. He was given a great quantity of incense so that he could offer up the prayers of all the holy people of God on the golden altar before the throne. Smoke billowed up from the incense-laced prayers of the holy ones, rose before God from the hand of the angel. Then the angel filled the censer with fire from the altar and heaved it to earth. It set off thunders, voices, lightnings and an earthquake. I love this scripture. I love how this truth reveals the position and the power of prayer in the very throne room of heaven. The angel takes this fire and this fragrance and it encounters earth impacting life here prayer does that 
it invites heaven into earth in ways that we cannot even imagine often. And I think about our world tonight. And I know it needs some supernatural thunder and voice and lightning and earthquake from heaven to bring change and reveal the triumph and the victory of the King of all kings. The question is, is my prayer on that altar? Will the fragrance of my passionate intercession release the hand of God's angel army? Because this is his promise. I will hear the prayers made in this temple. And if he hears, if the fragrance of my prayer rises before him, what might change on earth? How might the kingdom of darkness be pushed back? Who will be saved? Because heaven moved at my request. Psalm 141 says, May my prayer come to you like the sweet smell of incense. When I lift up my hands in prayer, may it be like the evening sacrifice. Oh, church, if we want to see our world change, if we want to see the gospel go forth, if we want the name of Jesus to be known, And we need to put some fragrance of prayer on the altar before the throne of God so the angel armies can take what's there and change what's here. There's a fragrance that comes from our lives from humble obedience. Esther chapter 2 verse 12 says this, The young women were given beauty treatments for one whole year. The first six months, their skin was rubbed with olive oil and myrrh, and the last six months, it was treated with perfumes and cosmetics. Then each of them spent the night alone with King Xerxes. Esther can be a challenging story for a woman in 2023, but there is so much spiritual truth that we can learn from this remarkable woman. Taken into the king's harem, she humbly obeys her uncle Mordecai, submits herself to the leadership of Haggai, and then surrenders herself completely to the king. In doing so, there was more than the fragrance of perfume on her skin. There was the fragrance of humble obedience that then positions her to save her people. She could have resisted the discipleship process. She could have rejected her heritage as one of God's people. But instead, she gave herself to the process, never knowing the plan of God that needed her humble obedience in order to save his people. Olive oil and myrrh were used for cleansing and purifying. Perfume and cosmetics were to transform and reveal beauty. I think of this as both the inward work of sanctification and the outward transformation of the revealed character of Christ. What discipleship process are you humbly obeying? What are you walking out 
even if you can't yet see a plan of God. Continue. Because God will position you for his purpose in the kingdom. And that purpose will bring Christ to others. Fourthly, there's a fragrance of courage that comes from our lives. Daniel chapter 3, verses 16 to 18, it says, The three men replied, Your majesty, we don't need to defend ourselves. The God we worship can save us from you and your flaming furnace. But even if he doesn't, we still won't worship your gods and the gold statue you have set up. I think about Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. These young men's lives brought a fragrance of courage and a revelation of God that was transformative. Refusing to bow to the idol of the culture of the day and declaring that they would only worship God, they were immediately the sweet smell of the anointed to God and the stench of death to the king. He rages with all the anger and the venom of hell and they're thrown into the fire. But it was not smoke that their lives were to smell of. And sometimes it's what we don't smell of that is most important. Our lives are have the, are to have the courage to not smell of the culture of our world. A culture that rejects God, that bows to itself. Our lives are not to smell of that. There are things that are impure and unjust and ungodly and our lives are never to carry that fragrance. Just as their lives did not carry the smell of smoke. Maybe they smell a little bit like the name of Jesus poured out. Because many scholars believe that he was the one walking with them in that fire. How might the fragrance of our courage transform somebody else's perception of God? What is it of our world that we don't smell of that brings the revelation of who he is? Fifthly, it's a fragrance of love. Ephesians chapter 5, it says, Be full of love for others. Following the example of Christ who loved you and gave himself to God as a sacrifice to take away our sins. And God was pleased for Christ's love for you. Was, was pleased for Christ's love for you was like a sweet perfume to him. Sacrificial, others-focused love. Love that gives it all. Love that lays down its own way, its own agenda and its own selfishness. Love that leads to God. Love that makes a way for reconciliation to him. This is the sweet perfume of Christ's love. And this is what we're to bring to our world. A fragrance of love. Jesus' love. John 13 says, I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. A beautiful, beautiful fragrance of sacrificial love. And a fragrance of serving. 
Acts chapter 26, verse 16 to 18, says, Now get up, stand on your feet. I have appeared to you to appoint you to serve you, me. And you must tell other people about me. You must tell others that you have seen me today. You must also tell them that I will show myself to you again. I will save you from your own people and from the Gentiles. I am sending you to them to open their eyes. I want you to turn them from darkness to light. I want you to turn them from Satan power to God. I want their sins to be forgiven and they will be forgiven when they believe in me. They will have their place among God's people. This is Paul's testimony. And like Paul, we're all appointed to serve him, to tell others about him, to turn people from darkness to light, from Satan's power to God, that they might be forgiven that they might take their place as God's people. So what is the fragrance of serving? It's the fragrance of soap and water washing people's feet, of dinners cooked and people around a family table. It's food for the hungry. It's mud bricks. It's clean toilets and open homes. It's sweat and hard work. It's schoolrooms and smelly feet. It's Play-Doh and craft. It's Bibles and pens. It's Iraq and it's Burundi and it's Uganda. It's the smell of nations. It's the smell of this church foyer, this auditorium, the sound desk, the kids church and the Westcare office. It is the fragrance of us picking ourselves up and saying, this is my calling, not just Paul's, mine, to turn people from darkness to light that they might take their place as God's people. And finally, our lives are to have the fragrance of giving. Philippians chapter 4 verse 18, But I have received everything in full and more. I am amply supplied, having received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent me. They are the fragrant aroma of an offering an acceptable sacrifice which God welcomes and in which he delights. As individuals, our offering has a fragrance, a fragrance of our heart and life, the fragrance of sacrifice. But more than this, collectively, as a church, our offering gives off a fragrance of who we are. There is an aroma that reflects our heart together. And in context, Paul was speaking of such a collective aroma. He was speaking of the fragrance of the heart of the Philippian church as they gave to support his mission. And there's no doubt that our faith promise has an incredible fragrance that brings the knowledge of Jesus to every corner of the earth. This fragrance enables each of the other fragrances to be revealed and experience across this city, across the globe. The fragrance of our faith promise enables every other fragrance to fill our earth. So as you receive this beautiful fragrance of Jesus and you take it into your life, 
And then you share that with somebody else. And you take this beautiful fragrance and you release it with your giving to the ends of the earth. The fragrance of Jesus himself. The knowledge of the one who loves, who gives, who cares, and who is the only way to find yourself in heaven. We are the fragrance of Jesus and we're to bring the fragrance of the gospel. A fragrance through our worship, through our prayer, through our obedience, through our courage, through our love, through our serving, released through our giving. Amen.